This is CliffCentral.com. What's up, everybody? AKA Mr. Kwan, AKA PLIND, and you're listening to the Unplugged Radio Show, 12 to 1 p.m. every single Thursday on Cliff Central. It's too short, like me. Yeah, baby, yeah, as Wizard That Guy would say. Welcome to the Unplugged and In Charge Radio Show. This is Bokuzi. I'll be with you between 3 and 4 p.m. And yes, we're going to have another uh, lots and lots and lots of fun on this show as we bring you an interesting one once again. We're going to be talking to a very interesting um, young lady who's uh, pursuing a path which very few do pursue. And she's going to be unpacking some, some of the stuff that she is currently doing. And we've brought her into show because her story is very interesting. And the Unplugged and In Charge radio show is all about bringing you stories that are going to motivate you, stories that are interesting, that are going to spark a bit of inspiration in your life. If you're a person that is hustling, that has been hustling, a person that is about to hit the breakthrough, uh, we're here to give you motivation on another level. This is what we do every single week. We make sure that we bring you a quality show that you will enjoy. And again, we would love for you to... Stay in touch with us. You feel free to actually um, um, uh, contact us on 079-748-2090. And you can send us the WhatsApp uh, questions um, um, onto the show. If there's anything that you're hearing and you want to be uh, clarification, you want to ask um, our guests any questions, that is the number for you to dial and to contact us through WhatsApp, which is 079-748-2090. Yeah, this is Smoke Kuzi, bringing you the best of the best of the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. Um, do hashtag us on Twitter, um, hashtag Unplugged Radio Show, um, and, and do stick with us. And you can also tag me, at Smoke Kuzi. You can t- uh, tag at with that guy. We're going to have more details from our guest, and you can also tag her as well if you want to also uh, tag her on Twitter and, and, and ask more questions, and hopefully you will get the right answer. But yeah, I've had a very brilliant week. It's been um, a very, very tough two weeks and I've enjoyed myself uh, to the level whereby I can actually feel growth. And um, it's just that thing, man, that you got to keep that personal discipline and always strive for the best and never give up. No matter how much certain things and certain uh, setbacks uh, seem to disturb you, you need to keep focused, keep pushing. And yeah, man, you're going to reach that goal eventually. If you are already reaching goals and you're maintaining that level of success, yo, man, you're no different as a person that's still hustling. Because once you get to the level of success, you need to maintain it. It's not only about attaining, but remaining at that level and doing your best and to make sure that as much as success um, whatever it is that you're doing and in, in whatever path that you're pursuing whoever that is managed to to be successful you're going to have to be able to aim higher than that and I wish you all the best and today's show is exactly for you all people that are hustling listen up because I have a very beautiful lady in the studio and she's going to give us a piece of her inspiration um, how are you doing? I am Noma Shangu, a visual artist Mm-hmm. And yeah, and yeah, so I studied medical sciences and I practiced in the healthcare field for around three years. And while I was there, even though I was doing well, because there was a point where in my, in my career there, um, I won, as well as my team, we won best sales team for the continent. So it's not like I left there because I was not doing well or that I was slacking because I believe every single thing you do, you need to really work hard at it. But I realized that that's not where my purpose was. And, um, life spoke and I listened and I took the leap to become a visual artist and I've never looked back since. Okay. Mm. Uh, look, um, 
let's just take it a little bit back. Okay. Because <laughs> um, we want to find out um, where does Neo come from? Yeah. Tell us about your humble beginnings. Yeah. So I'm from Harangua. Yeah. Uh, that's in Pretoria. Well, the edge of Pretoria. Some people actually think it's in the northwest, but we still say it's in Gauteng. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I just grew up in a family that that is just okay. It doesn't have the best of means. It's just okay. But one thing that my parents usually taught me was that every single thing that you do, you need to put your all in it. And I think that's why when I grew up, I was very academic. Um, the people who, who knew me knew that I wasn't, I wasn't part of the cool kids, <laughs> but I was, I was always the A student. I was always the number one in the class. I was good at science. I was good at the maths. I was good at the languages. And unfortunately, during that time, I didn't recognize visual arts as a career because mm-hmm. if you are a good performing student, if visual art is part of the package that you need to study, you're going to make sure that you also do well in that. Yeah. So it wasn't something that really stood out for me. And um, even in varsity, that's why I studied what I studied. But I also didn't study art because while growing up, I didn't have um, good, powerful black female visual artist examples to look up to. Mm-hmm. So it became very... Uh, it became almost impossible to picture it as a career. And also, like, my parents won't be those parents who are like, you know, study hard and then be an artist. They would never, ever say that. So, yeah, <laughs> especially black parents. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I didn't have that mental picture and that's why it was never an option. And it was only once I started working that um, I met a few people and I realized that, oh my goodness, I could actually pursue this thing. And, um, yeah, and that's just how everything started. So tell me, when you grow, when you were growing up, I'm sure when you were a child, yeah. there are certain things that, um, either you did, whether you noticed or you didn't notice, yeah. that kind of sparked that artistic side of you. Um, what are some of the things that, as it, I mean, as much as you started after, when you started working, you say so, that you yeah. started. I started to, taking it seriously, yeah. Now, as a child, is there anything maybe, you know, um, when you, when you watch these uh, famous people's um, documentaries yeah. and they're telling their life stories, yeah. like, um, for example, Lionel Messi. Yeah. I mean, you see him as a kid, you know, they show videos of him dribbling through other, you know, he's the, he, he was that kid that had extraordinary talent. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. there's certain things as, as, ch- as, as children that we do, especially yeah. when later in life we, we, we take as, as careers that yeah. kind of spark and give us that lead. Yeah. What are some of those things that you, 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 you can actually recall? Sure. The Contributed to your artistic um, career? I think it's two moments. The first moment was in, I think, what's the grade before grade not? I don't know what that grade is. Grade, grade R. R or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was a coloring competition. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had to color in some like animals or stuff. And apparently I was so good, they moved me two grades up. Mm-hmm. So I started grade one a bit earlier than most people because they said my hand-eye coordination skills wow. were pretty cool. So, um, and then the next moment was, I think it was grade eight. I had an incredible visual arts teacher, Mr. Stefan van der Waal. He was so incredible. I remember the first day we were sitting on our desks and he gave us these blank um, A4 uh, white papers and he put them on our desk and he's like first day of visual arts what you're going to do is to draw the person in front of you so you had to draw the back of the head of the person in front of you and I drew this thing cha 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 and I remember the girl who was sitting in front of me her name was uh, Sibule yeah and she had relaxed hair and stuff and I drew that thing oh, not the thing her head <laughs> yeah. I drew her head and that head looked identical to the person in front of me and when he came next to me, because everybody was drawing whatever they were drawing, but he stood next to me and he's like, 
there's something there and I think I'm going to work with you. And throughout my high school career, he was a very perfect, like deep perfectionist. And mm-hmm. sometimes it was annoying, but I think because he drove excellence in every single thing that we did, yeah. it drove that, that thing of maybe I should hone this talent, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't enough for me to study further. After right after matric, although I studied a little bit later, but yeah, I think those were the two moments. That is very interesting. Yeah. So now, um, as you were, as you were um, at, at the, I mean, you know that, and I think in grade grade nine, mm. towards the end, mm. when you go to standard eight, I think it's grade ten. Yeah. Um, you 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 didn't have any any thought of taking visual arts no as a subject. I remember the first day, um, the extra subject I chose was actually accounting because yeah. from Grade one, I saw myself as an academic and I was like, what am I doing with art? So I chose accounting and I sat in that class and I just realized that this is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I ran to my principal and I was like, may I please change? I don't know if it's possible, but may I please change to art? It wasn't first option. It's just that my principal maybe kind of had a soft spot for me. And she was like, yeah, cool. You can go to the visual arts class. And the first class was that class I was talking about where I had to draw the back of that girl's head. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of realized that I might have some form of talent. So, okay. yeah, it wasn't something I initially fell into. All right. So now normally they say people, they either left-brained or right-brained. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, that one part is more the technical side, numbers side. The other side is more of creative, yeah. uh, which is very close to being an artistic yeah. person. Now, I see that you also... Studied BSc Medical Sciences yes. from the University of Pretoria. Yes. Now tell us a, about that journey because that's going to link us through to you becoming the artist that you are today. Yeah. So yeah. tell us that journey from 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 your high school. Yeah. Um, studying whatever you studied, which was nothing that's got to do with <laughs> art, yes. and then moving into university and studying BSc. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I think it was. I knew that I had to study something a bit challenging because, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do if you're really good at school. If you're good at school, you need to study the laws, the engineering, the medical, whatever. You know, that's the part that you're supposed to be getting into. And um, although I do not regret it because I think studying the human body was the best thing I could have ever done. I think it's the it's one of the most incredible things that were designed. Mm-hmm. The fact that like below your throat and until your belly button, there's so much happening. <laughs> it's stuffed with stuff, but they managed to have this, this synergy that works together. And... You know, studying the human body actually taught me that design and creation, because it is a creation, right? Design and creation um, sometimes takes time because the human body was created in nine months. It wasn't, although maybe in the Bible it was created in an instant, but every single day when people are pregnant, it's it takes its time. And I think it also is a metaphor for life and your journey of success that sometimes you may think you have the talent, you may think you're putting in the work, but remember that it takes time to reach perfection. Because even after you're born, there are certain things that are not formed yet and still need to form for 20 more years, like mm-hmm. the brain and your, your, your bones and all of that. So I think studying the, the human body for me was the most enlightening experience. It was a bit hard. Our life. Very true. It was hard. It's not easy. But yeah. it's, it, it just, Explains life in a way that I don't think I would have understood unless I studied that thing. And I think the things that I studied there, I apply to my work because um, I, I cherish design and creation more because I studied, I think, one of the best things that were created in the universe. So, 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Now, in terms of you pursuing that career path, was there? I mean, we know that um, when we go to university, we yeah. we either have a first choice and a second choice yeah. um, subject. And again, amongst those, there was none as visual arts. No, there was online. There what was. What was it? There was. No, yeah. no, no. The medical stuff was first option. Yes. And then I was like, let me just take a chance. Second option, I wrote visual arts, right? <laughs> I did. Oh, I actually wow. Did. Okay. But then I showed it to my mom and my mom was like, yo, we're not like, what are you going to eat if you're, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a visual artist? And I kind of agreed with her because I didn't have like role models in the visual arts space, you know, to look up to and to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't envision myself as that because I didn't have that to look True. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So then I was like, oh, my mom is right. I mean, there's nobody else who's doing this. Who, who says that I will be successful? You know, my mind was a bit, a little bit immature, but, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, then I just canceled it off and I went to study what I study. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it, during those times, was there any time where maybe at your own personal time and space, mm. um, you did some drawings Mm-mm. or you did some stuff, Mm-mm. you were just busy with your medical stuff? Yeah, because it was a lot. Okay. <laughs> I think during my whole time while studying, um, I made one drawing mm-hmm. through, throughout my entire time. All right. And um, I, I will have to say, even though what I studied was incredible, um, I was... A little bit depressed I fell into a depression Because I didn't understand You know The thing about Following your purpose ne? There's a certain level Of ease That comes with Doing the thing That you're meant to do mm-hmm. And Like for example If you Like you're in radio If you're a speaker There's a certain level Of ease That comes into Doing the thing That you're meant to do yeah. That doesn't come t- For me Because I'm not Want to be a speaker You understand mm-hmm. So What I realized With my art stuff There's a certain level Of ease That comes with doing it It doesn't mean That it's Easy or it doesn't need the craft, but th- there's that ease, and yeah. there wasn't that ease when I was doing medical sciences. Like, okay. there was this wall that I always had to fight, yeah. and um, I think, yeah, just realizing that I realized that maybe this is not what I mean to do, but it took some time. Some people, you know, for some of us, it takes a long drive to get to the thing that you that you need to do, mm-hmm. and I think that is just how it happened for me. And you know, when you speak like this, I mean, even myself when I was when I, when I was in varsity, mm. you know, the interesting thing is that um, after I graduated, mm. there were certain people that I I met during first year, and we studied, we studied, we studied, mm. and some of them came close to the time that it was time for graduation. Yeah. But you see someone disappearing. And then when you graduate, you meet them maybe somewhere. You bump into each other and you say, okay, what are you up to? They yeah. say, no, I went back to school. Yeah. What happened? No, I was studying something that I'm not passionate about. So I'm yeah. going back to first year. Yeah. And, and I think it takes a lot of courage. Yeah, it does. For one to stop whatever that they've been <laughs> studying, especially when you've, you're coming closer to, you know. Yeah, the, fin- the, the finish line. The finish yeah. line. and. Some, some, some of us, we've gone to the point where we actually graduate because I'm also one of those people <laughs> that studies something and then you end up taking a different route. Yeah. And, and one of the, what I'm interested to hear from you is that yeah. I know for a fact that probably the family started, you know, going and riot or they asked questions. Uh, maybe your uncle or your extended families <laughs> are like, what is she doing? How did you deal with that, with that drama? Um, I think they saw how hard I worked. Um, there was a point while I was working doing the nine to five thing. Um, I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I'd draw or I'd paint or 
do whatever creative thing that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then at around 6 or 7, I'd go to the gym and then I'd go to work and then come back at around 6 p.m., 7 p.m., depending on how the day was, and continue that thing I was doing in the morning until midnight. And I was doing that thing every single day. And for a couple of months, I realized that, shucks, I'm putting in eight hours into my 9 to 5 and eight hours into my passion product. But I don't feel tired. Yeah. I actually, when I was at work, I looked forward to leaving to go do this thing, <laughs> you know? I hear like you. it rejuvenated me in a way that I, sure. I just can't put into words. And I think because at that time, while I was doing that, I was, I was still living at home because I was, you know, that thing of after varsity saving up so that you move out, so you move out proper. Um, my brother-in-law and my sister lived at home as well because they were busy building their house. So they needed a place to crash until the house was was fully built and he was that kind of guy who prayed and meditated you know wake up at three o'clock in the morning to like pray and like be centered and stuff and he'd realized that whenever he woke up i was always up mm-hmm. and there was a point where he asked me he was like why don't you take this thing seriously yeah you know yeah and um it never clicked at that moment it never clicked before that, that I should even try to take this seriously, take this to the public or even try anti-competition. Yeah, nah, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think my family saw my work ethic, even though they still don't understand what I do. And I don't blame them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I got <laughs> like to tell my mom, you know, like it still yeah, doesn't click. Yeah. And that's okay. But one thing that I'm so fortunate about is that they saw that I'm not doing it. Because I like things I'm doing it because I actually put in the work Behind mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. And they know that Whatever you do If you put in the work You will end up reaping Some form of reward And I think I, Through work ethic I like subconsciously um, Reinforce that I'll be okay mm-hmm. Pursuing this Great man mm. So now you moved from 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 being In the medical field And mm. um, I see that you also Went to um, Study this um, You yeah. know yeah. Um, which has pu- pushed you to actually becoming an art director at FCB Africa. Yeah. Tell us about that. The the art direction. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm still, I think I consider myself a rookie. I'm still a rookie there. Okay. But to be in an agency that has been voted the best agency in the country, mm-hmm. it's, it's, an, it's an incredible experience. And um, there's so much to learn from there because I'm learning things that, I'm learning so much about creativity, not just like fine art, like, creativity itself that creativity is is the seed to just solve everything in the world it's a currency and creativity is also linked to entrepreneurship you know um it's teaching me that when you see something learn to see it differently and to see the problem in that thing so that you you can solve that problem in a creative way to just make society better. It just, it just opened up my whole definition of what creativity was because there's so many incredible people who work there as well. Um, there's so many people who, who are in that industry doing incredible work. So I think I'm, I'm a rookie in that space, man. <laughs> Yo, when, you, when you're talking about rookies, I'm actually currently looking that you're a person that is actually, you, you're not just, just an artist yeah. you're just not into fine arts you're not just an ordinary person yeah. you're a person that has actually managed to acclaim some awards and I yeah. see that you got quite a list oh gosh quite a list <laughs> And oh you know it, it's very impressive, and I mean, our talk. I want us to talk a little bit more mm. um, after you've ex- you, you you take us through the whole awards um, winning thingy, Gosh. where you're going to talk about, I mean, females within the, your your field. But yeah. tell us a bit more about the the awards that you've managed to acclaim. Oh gosh, I'm just going to name a few. So I think. Um 
the no, I'm gonna name two. The two that really stood out for me um, was being a finalist. I think it was top four of the Kasire Wells Award. So the Kasire Wells Award is a very um, prestigious award for fine artists in the country, and I received that last year. And for me, that award meant so much because it was like a pat on the back. Sometimes when you pursue this thing that you love, you feel like you're crazy and you feel like, like, am I really doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to get that recognition was just, oh, it was so great because it made me realize, it gave me a certain form of confidence that you're on the right path, you're doing okay. And then um, the second one was this year where I was named by Design Indaba as one of the top emerging creatives in the country. And that one is still unreal. I I can't feel it. You mm-hmm. know, some people get accolades and they, it gets to their head. I still can't feel it. It's still, yeah, <laughs> I still yeah. can't believe that that happened. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah, these things just give me a reassurance that I'm on the right path more than anything. And awesome, I just believe man. that this is only the beginning. Awesome, yeah. man. And now I see that um, you aim to create work that is inspires self-reflection yes. and introspection yes. with regards to... Uh, regard with regards with how technology defines relationships currently. Yes, that's quite a mouthful. I know. I, so I, cool. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'd like you to unpack for us that because I found a lot of inspiration, and it's a very deep phrase. And I mm. think there's a there's a very there, there's a story behind that. Mm. Just tell us a bit more about what you aim to to to, to achieve through your work. Yeah. So with. Any body of work that I create, there's an intention behind it. I just I don't create work that just looks pretty. I want the work that I create to spark a conversation. If it sparks a debate, that's even better. But I want a person to look at it and actually analyze um, how they are in their life based on the topic that I'm that I'm uh, drawing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the current body of work that I'm creating in the fine art space, because I have fine art in like. Um, illustrations but in my fine art space um i talk about i actually interrogate human connection mm-hmm. and i question whether is human connection and the definition of human connection changing now that social media is involved mm-hmm. because social media even in the name social <laughs> media is this thing that's supposed to connect us right but it seems like it's it's the thing that's kind of uh, drifting us apart So does that affect the definition of The current state of human connection Do we connect the same as we did 70 years ago You know I interrogate these, those things And how I do that in my art Like my charcoal drawings I have like um, pieces of a face Like an eye, a mouth there And when you look at that You know the brain When it looks at something It tries to associate it with something That it's it's it kind of knows. So when you look at my work, um, the brain forces itself to see a face. But what you're seeing, it's not in reality a face. It's not even a human being. Mm-hmm. The way how when you look at a post on social media of that person just bought a car, you know, looking good. They just bought a house. You automatically assume that the entirety of that person's life is great. Yeah. But I feel like that's so deceiving. There's mm-hmm. a disconnect there, right? So the point that I'm trying to drive home, right, is that... I use the apps as a medium as well. So I scan my work through your uh, Instagram facial recognition systems, your Snapchats, your uh, Facebook facial feature, uh, facial filters. Mm-hmm. And the apps themselves pick up my work as if it's looking at a human being. So it reads that as if it's a human. Yeah. So the point is that the apps themselves cannot even tell what is real or not. Wow. Yeah. Yet we base so much of... 
our opinions and so much of the information that we get using these apps. So I'm just trying to interrogate, like, like how connected are we really, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just what I want to say through my That work. is very interesting because, mm. I mean, you, you're actually touching a topic that is, I'd say that is pretty hot um, currently yeah. at the times in which we live in because I think um, over time, I think from the time that uh, social um, media platforms like Facebook came mm. in, I think before Facebook it was, um, what was MySpace. It? MySpace. Yeah. And you would find that MySpace was not as popular, yeah. but people started catching on. And then mm. there was Facebook. Mm. And from Facebook, you found that there was Instagram, Instagram, there was mm. Twitter. Mm. I mean, and, and the more that we actually, you know, get exposed to these social media um, 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 platforms, you see how it actually impacts how us as human beings, not only in terms of when you talk about relationships, in terms of people that are um, in love mm-hmm. or establishing a union mm-hmm. of some sort where they would hopefully want to get married in the future. But, you know, as just human beings, there's that sense that a phone, as simple as a phone, because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure most of us, we don't actually spend time on social media platforms on our PCs. No, no, no. That's over. It's that the phone. era is dead, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's so bad that I even... I, I said something the other night. We were having dinner. Yeah. And as we were having dinner as friends, um, we all had our phones in our hand. Yeah. There was a friend of ours that's... Okay, there were like two or three friends that just volunteered to cook. Yeah. Because we were just together, just together, you yeah. know, have a good time yeah. and just have dinner together. Yeah. And two or three of our friends volunteered to cook. They cooked and then they finished and then they called us. You know, everybody was doing their own thing. Yeah. Others were watching TV. Yeah. Others were chilling on the couch on their phones. Yeah. And the funny thing that they said, guys, okay, the food is ready. They prepared a table yeah. for us to come and sit down and everything. Yeah. And then when they announced it, guys, it's time to eat. The interesting thing is that most of the people didn't put down their phones. Yeah. They took their phones with, we sat down, all right? Yeah. And obviously we dished up, we started talking. And the funny thing is that <laughs> between us actually communicating and talking to each other, yeah. in the midst of that, there were there were other people that were busy on their phones while yeah. they're eating. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, uh, it, it's a very powerful... And I said to... I actually literally stopped everyone and I said, guys, do you notice that there's very few of us that are actually talking to yeah, each other? Yeah, communicating and connecting. You know? Yeah, and that's the thing I'm trying to question. Like, like why why are we so distracted? And, True. And, and are we okay with the fact that human connection now is kind of interrupted by this mobile device all the time like are we okay with that so i don't have the answer to that but i i just want to create conversation and to just question that through mm-hmm. my work because it it really disturbs me and what sucks is that i'm also part of the problem sometimes when a person <laughs> is talking to me <laughs> yeah. i also have my phone in my hand but man i feel like we need to just discuss this like we need to connect and deeply focus like talking to another human being we need to have that eye contact we need to we need to see um like y- your body language that's part True. of communication and yeah. i think by not getting into that we're kind of missing the message because a message is not just what you're saying it's how you're saying it it's how you move while you're saying it and we're missing so much because we're so distracted and we're busy looking down and yeah it's something that's of a deep concern of mine so that's why i draw about it so now you you spoke about the fact that there's the the fine art side Mm. and there's the illustration side of Mm. your of your work Mm. now tell me in terms of your your whole questioning interrogation of 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 uh, um how um, technology defines relationships mm. currently. Mm. How do you express that in terms of the illustration side of things? Well, with my illustrations, um, I try to celebrate. Well, lately it has been a celebration of black incredible women. So it's women that 
I see doing a good thing. So it's not just somebody winning an award. It might be that this girl like said a good thing to that other girl. It, mm-hmm. It's not always famous people. It's just something good that they did. And I, I saw it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, we need more of that. Yeah. I create a piece to just celebrate them. And that's how I'm, I don't know if I'm trying to, through the noise, be like a little beam of positivity, you know, just using my illustration. Cause I, I realized that people also love, uh, artworks that are theirs. Where like there's a, there's their face and somebody created an artwork about that. People love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And usually when I create that, I send it to the person that I'm celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they don't know me, even if they're in another country, it doesn't matter. I yeah. send it to them and I send a little note and I'm like, Hey, I saw that you did this. Keep it up. Well done. And that's just the aim of my illustrations, just to encourage people to continue doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now, now I want to move into the whole um, discussion of um, females and mm. males being in your in your space of, mm. of career. Yeah. And I know that we do not find a lot of females being part of it. Yeah. I mean, if you talk about fine arts or artistic, um, especially when it comes to visual arts, mm. you find even historically you find a lot of males. Which you would find again as, as the terms that are used nowadays that it's a male dominated industry. Yeah, yeah. So you being a female and being at the level of success that you're in, especially, <laughs> um, I say so because I see with the accolades that you've managed to acclaim. Yeah. And I mean, those are, are success stories. Yeah. You know, to manage to be, um, the one that stands out amongst whomever that you are competing with, mm. that's a certain level of success. Mm. And as a woman, what do you have to say in terms of the visual arts or the fine arts space and women involved against the, the male um, 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 presence? Mm. Well, I think you have to know what you want and you have to be willing to work hard for it. Like, there are a lot of spaces in the country that are very male dominated. And I feel like the fine arts space is one of those spaces. Because I remember I was... Uh, one of the artists at August House is this um, building that houses a lot of artists, a lot of prominent artists in the country. And out of the, I think it was 52 at that time, out of the 52 artists, there were only four female artists. Yeah. And out of the four female artists, there were only two black female artists. So um, I realized when I entered that space that I need to enter with a mentality that I am here to work hard like i need to know what i want i'm not here for certain things i'm here to work and you unfortunately as a black female your professionalism has to kind of triple even though it's the creative space oh it's nice oh we create these nice things oh i'm an artist you know some people are like so (laughs) they define art as this thing that's you kind of don't don't take care of yourself yeah so Everything just needs to double. Your work ethic needs to double. The way you even approach and speak to people have, has to be at a professionalism where it even makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that when they address you, they know that you're not here to play. So yeah. there's, there's a kind of professionalism that you, you, you need to exude. You need to, you need to live by. Yeah. And, um, and also a certain level of tenacity because sometimes you enter spaces and you're the only, like I've entered spaces and I'm the only black chick there. And wow. yeah, and you, you kind of, you, you know, those pep talks that you tell yourself when you enter a room, um, 
sometimes I tell myself that there's a reason why I'm the only female here because I'm opening the door for the others who are coming after me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that also motivates me to keep what, keep doing what I'm doing and to keep pursuing great work. Um, but <sighs> there, there are great female artists in this country doing mm. great things and they're opening up the path. Like there's your, uh, Lady Scully, there's your Zanella Moholi and they're doing incredible things and we need more of that. And, one of the missions of my life is to try to be one of those people. Because, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, when I was a kid, I didn't have an example of a woman to look up to to make me realize that this is possible as a career. And I just hope as my life continues, I can be that for somebody else. Because um, even everything that I do, even though there are not a lot of black women in the industry... I have that at the back of my mind that every single thing that I do, I need to open up the door for the person coming after me. Okay. So, so now in terms of um, the visual fine art space, mm. some of the challenges that um, some young people face, what are some of the challenges that, um, you know, um, that the fine art space faces to get people interested to pursue the career? Whether it's stereotypes that have been created by people in society mm. or um, whatever the case may be. And what are some of those and how do you think they can be, um, you know, combated or challenged mm. to change the perception of fine arts and people actually beginning to show um, want to know more and show interest in the field? Mm. I think one of the major challenges is money. <laughs> you know, there's this conception that if you are in the fine arts space, you're going to die broke or die poor or die of an overdose of drug. <laughs> you know, those things that, it, yeah. <laughs> that the media perpetuates. But I think one of the deepest, deepest problems is that fine artists are not being paid enough. So, and sometimes the fine artist does not understand the value of their work. So when they get to a person and they're like, this thing is worth 15,000 rand and somebody is like, nah, this is worth 10,000 rand. Then they're kind of like, oh, okay, sharp. I'll give you 10,000 rand. So I think there's, there's that uh, miscommunication, that lack of self-belief in the fine artist and the lack of understanding of the buyer. Mm-hmm. So I think on the fine arts side, I think um, artists need to realize that even though they're creative, they're also entrepreneurs. There are certain things that you can't avoid as somebody who is managing themselves as a business. You need to understand your costs. You need to understand how much money it costs to create that thing. You need to understand the amount of hours it took to, to, to do that thing. And you need to understand your value within the market. Mm. And if you understand all of that, then you will price your things accordingly. And if somebody comes and um, gives you yeah. then you know where you stand. Mm-hmm. And in terms of buyers, um, I think there's a lack of understanding of of what fine artists do. Some people think that we create work because, I don't know, we like creating pretty stuff. But they, they kind of don't understand that um, artists is part of culture. It's part of the society. Art is like a universal language that can that can um, drive conversation, that can drive so much. Like, I can paint something now, ne? and you see it and you'll have your own response. And I can take that same painting and take it to Japan and they'll have their own response. Like, art is a universal language that is so powerful. And I think people don't understand the power of art and creativity. And maybe that's why they kind of undervalue it. Mm. But... um yeah, so like I said, there's something that I do. I don't back down. When I set a price and how much I need to be paid, I don't back down from it because, like I said, 
we're opening doors for other people coming after us. So mm-hmm. if I settle for Wuma 2000, if I settle for 1000, then it means the next person won't have a leg to stand on to be like, I'm valued for 4000 or I'm valued for 10,000 because I've lowered my standards. So I think that's the thing that we need to drive home that you are worth your money. And yeah, if you work hard for it, you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, in terms of the standards, because I know that, um, you know, um, locally, mm. there's a certain level of, and standard of, of, of art, mm. especially talking to, cause I know art c- kind of tackles, um, really, really provocative issues. Mm. In terms of the art standard in South Africa or as it is currently, mm. um, and, 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 and side by side with the, uh, the Africa mm. and international, mm. um, what are some of the gaps that are currently there and how can they be bridged in mm. order to make sure that you know, there's an advancement in terms of knowledge because mm. I always believe that, um, you know, the more you know, the better that you can, you know, better your product mm. or do whatever that you're doing in a better way. Mm. So what are some of the challenges and, 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 the, and the gaps that can be bridged between Africa, international and what is ha- currently happening in South Africa? Mm. Well, I think as the country and as the continent, we have the art. I mean, we have the creativity, we have the gold, we, we have so much creativity. It's actually sad that the world just does not respect us the way they should. But I feel like we're getting to an era in society where Africa is the muse. Africa is, is the thing that everybody wants to vibe with, you know? Like if you look at how Black Panther was so successful, it's yeah. because there was an essence of Africa that the world has has never seen and mm. it was so attractive that it led them to breaking records and hitting mm. the billion dollar mark and whatever. But I I believe as Africans and as South Africans we have the talent, we have the art, right? Mm-hmm. But the gap is a sense of we need to take more opportunities. We need to when there's an opportunity in the States, just because I'm based in South Africa, I should not be afraid of taking that opportunity in the States. Yeah. You know, there's a certain level of, and I'm talking from personal experience, I'm, I'm, I may be wrong, but there, there's some artists that are okay with settling with being the hungry artist, mm-hmm. not realizing that there are major opportunities out there in the world that you need to grab. And, um, I think it's just that shift that, hey man, this is a business. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you want to get something, you need to go and take it. You can't expect everything to fall on your lap. Mm-hmm. So that's what we need to do as Africans. We need to realize that our creative, our creativity, is worth more than gold. Our creativity has, I mean, people have stolen our cultures for too long, man, because mm-hmm. they saw that African creativity has that thing, you know. Yeah. So we have it. We yeah. have it. We have it and I think better than the world. Like the world can come and fight me. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, man. We have it better than the world and it's time we grab those opportunities. Yeah. And I think we we in this time period where the world now is listening to what African talent has to say. 100%. So yeah, we just need to grab those opportunities because the world is just waiting for us. Look, it is amazing. I think you and I were having actually a very great conversation just yeah. before we came on air. Yeah. And I was saying that um there's there's a sense that uh, South African artists in whatever mm. form they are in, whether it's music acting, they're starting to go abroad. Yeah. And you're finding that even the big guys within who've acted even in Hollywood, yeah. where Hollywood is like a place where everybody dreams of working, yeah. they're paying attention so much in South Africa. Mm. And again, it's that element whereby Africans have a lot of talent because mm. you even see some of the American movies, there's mm. some 
people, um, individuals who are models, people that have been recruited from, from Africa. They've, yeah. they've gone to act in some of the biggest movies and yeah. documentaries, series that we watch on TV, which actually tells you that Africa has a lot to offer. It has, man. We need, and we need to believe that. Like, just because, you know, Africa has been portrayed as this begging nation. We need to stop having that mentality. Like, we have, uh, Everything that we need Very We just true. We just need to just go Out and grab the things That we want to get Like Oh And I love Like I was telling you earlier Before the show mm. I love the shift of mentality That, that South African artists are having That they're not yeah. limiting themselves To the South African borders That true. they're going They're going to Uma LA They're going to Uma You know Europe You know It's like <laughs> It's so inspiring yeah. And it just shows That it's possible Like the world Is not as big As we thought it was The world is it's so tiny Look yeah. man Without even looking Any further You are such An inspirational oh, person <laughs> You know The stories And the things That you are telling me Right now They're so educational mm. And you just Open up a window mm. To actually tell us That there's a world Of, of fine arts I'm not talking About dramatic arts mm. Acting I was saying earlier on That yeah. a lot of people Want to be actors yeah. And a lot of people Are aware that There's theater Which falls under art mm. But the fine arts side there's such a, a whole new world And <laughs> you're one of the very few people And hence uh, we've called you into the Unplugged and In Charge radio show Because we believe that your story is very inspirational Thank And you. I really salute you, you for taking the, the, the courage I mean from moving from again As we mentioned earlier on From the medical field yeah. And in going into fine arts Where a lot of people complain about finances and all of that As much as what we see Some of the paintings that some of the celebrities Or people with a lot of money buy They're worth millions mm. But um, to start off in that field It's something that is quite a challenge mm. And for you to take up that Especially as a woman <laughs> As a woman it, yeah. it, It's a lot of inspiration And, and, and I think we, we thank you so much for coming through into the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. Are we done? No. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming to the end of the show. Oh, man. But thank we, you for having that's me. That's why we call this the shortest hour of the week. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you have so much fun in the show that time just flies. Yeah. And I think we have so much, so much to talk about. And hopefully in the future, we'll actually have some kind of, I don't know, uh, create a podcast about fine arts in another oh, different form. Cool. Yeah. Maybe have some people from the departments of arts and culture. Yeah. You know? Maybe yeah. Ask them hear, a few questions. You know what I mean? They need to answer to some of the questions yeah. that we have because they also have a responsibility because yeah. some of the th things like these we always go back to the government mm. to see how much are they doing in their part not to say mm. that we blame them but some of the programs that they can put in place i do know there are exhibitions that are being put in place mm. i do know that there are um, awards mm. um, through some of the corporate brands like Standard Bank, mm. who hold some of, who support some of the work mm. that is that is done within the fine art space. Mm. So, but again, but then again, I, um, there's always that belief that more can be done. Can be done. You know what's funny? I found out that the visual arts space uh, brings in ninety billion rand into this country. Wow. So. I don't understand why it's being treated like this. Yeah. We bring in the money into this country. And unfortunately, it is also one of the least funded industries in the country. Mm -hmm. And we get the industry gets funded less than how much it brings into the country. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I think the time has come for people to stop underestimating this industry. And yeah, we can have that chat. I'm ready. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I'm more than confident <laughs> that you can uphold that chat. Look, man, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll keep in touch and I'll, I'll, we'll see if we can actually organize something like that yeah. and have me the minister of arts and culture. That would be cool. Or maybe, um, the deputy minister, whatever the case is, yeah. to have some of these conversations. Cause some of these conversations that art actually tackles, it's got to do with some of the youth issues mm. that we currently face.
place because, I mean, um, there's been a lot of um, uh, fine arts or art artists in the country that have actually um, done work that actually um, interrogate some of the issues. Mm -hmm. But then again, that's another conversation for another day. What are some of the last words that you have for for young people back home to inspire them, uh, whether it's in the fine arts or whatever the hustle that they are doing? Uh, Whatever they're doing, just... I think the most important thing that I live by every single day and one thing that I want people to just remember is that talent is not enough. Um, If you have the talent, that's only 10% of the job. You need to outwork everybody that you are competing against in order to try to be that top 10, top 15% in your field. So talent is not enough. Phenomenal work ethic will make you head and shoulders above the rest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I need to say. All righty. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming through into the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. Thank you for having me. Um, this is, is Neo. Neo. <laughs> Matlangu. Matlangu. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for rescuing me there. But sorry, <laughs> I apologize. Okay. But yeah, man, this is the shortest hour of the week, the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. This is Bokuzi. Actually, where can people get you? Oh yeah, so I'm Nene Matlangu. On all platforms. So at Nene Mashangu, uh, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. And also, if you want to check out my art, look at Instagram at Neo underscore M underscore art. M, M for mother. So at Neo underscore M underscore art. Great. Yes. Um, this is Bokuzi signing out to the Unplugged and In Charge radio show. Yes, man. If you hashtag us on social media, Unplugged radio show and again you can follow the cliff central handle at cliff central you can follow my handle at Spokuzi. check out for the podcast do visit if you haven't if you if you if you think that you've missed out on this show yes we've got the 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 cliff central app you can download it on your app store um, um and it's for free it's for free you can catch all our podcasts there but yeah thank you so much for tuning in we're going to catch you next week same time same place signing out cliffcentral.com